87.9 FM by Zoom. I'm Max, and when it comes to what's happening, I'll share you the facts. So please take this hour to sit back and relax because this is New Wave. So, on this show, we've talked about many things. We've talked about music. We always talk about movies. We talk to people from movies and who release music. And today, we will be unpacking this even more. We will be talking about movies with some of the interns. And we all know that the cinema scene has changed the past three years. Cinemas, as in going to theaters, has only come back recently, which is a very welcome change since, I think, for the past two years. That would always be number one or number two in the list of things people have missed. People always say beach or cinema or both. And now it's coming back, which is great. But of course, this has changed like our attention span as viewers and viewing experiences altogether. So to share my sentiments to talk to me about these things are our interns Mookie Borja and Meg Diaz so hello both of you hi Hi. thanks for for having us Max thanks for being here Ah. so movies are something that all of us that are very important to all of us like this is one of our icebreaker (laughs) topics when we met last week so let's start with the most obvious argument debate that's been going on like on Twitter and like all over social media which is streaming versus cinema so let's unpack it and look at the pros and cons so for you what are the pros of watching in a in a cinema first let's go with that and have you watched the movie in cinemas yet let's go Mookie I, yeah I can go first Um, watching in a movie theater is so much better just because I'm really keen on like the visual aspect of films mm-hmm. so when i watch movies i really want to see like how much work the cinematographer or the director put into like the shots they make so um i i think recently the most like in all i've been since um movie theaters were opened again was when i watched batman because batman's like really dark oh, movie the robert pattinson yeah, batman the, the, the latest robert pattinson <laughs> yeah, yeah. Batman. and I was just so thankful that I was like, I'm going to watch this in the movie house. This is the first time I'm going to watch in the movie house in mm-hmm. like two years. And like, <laughs> yeah. I was so happy I did because mm-hmm. like from the sound, I miss the sound in the movie house. It's just surround sound, especially if you watch in a Dolby cinema. And yeah, it's just the overall feeling you get when you're in a movie house. Like you're focused on watching a movie. You don't look at your phone much. So true. You don't. So true. There's no other distractions. So yeah. Yeah, what about for you, Meg? I think the pros now pag-watch in cinemas is you get to be together with the people who waited for it as much as you did. So yeah. sharing that experience, mm, yeah. right? sharing the sentiments and the reactions with the same people that looked forward to it, it's definitely a godly experience. Yeah, actually, that's one of the things I miss the most because like the past few months especially, we've been getting so much Marvel content. And what I missed was watching like Marvel movies in cinemas with people who are just as excited as you. Mm-hmm, like, right. you know when Endgame came out? This is always <laughs> the cinematic experience people talk about. Mm-hmm. When Endgame came out, there was no cinema that was silent. Everyone was really going through all of those feelings and together. When there was no cinema that wasn't showing Endgame. Like, every cinema. Yeah, yeah. Everyone. <laughs> and for the first few days, there were no casual. Oh, Meg, you got cut. You were saying something, but it got cut oh i was just saying true (laughs) yeah like 
there were no casual audience members mm. in the first week of Endgame. Everyone was like a Marvel fan. Everyone was so excited. Everyone would leave the cinema with puffy eyes. Yeah. It was an experience. Like people that say Endgame's not just a movie. It's an experience. And like Endgame's not the only movie that has given people that experience. But it's that feeling that I miss the most. Like the feeling of community. Because yeah, you can Netflix party. But it's not the same feeling it's of really immersion, right? It's yeah. not the same feeling of immersion because a small laptop screen is not the big screen with all of your lights off. It's so, so different. And like, I guess to talk about like my recent cinema experience, my first movie back in the cinema was Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness. Mm-hmm. Right. And like I had a I had a fun time watching it because I was like, yay, finally I can watch like a movie. A movie in cinemas and then like Doctor Strange was a very different Marvel movie in a sense that the direction was not usually what we expect mm-hmm. and I got to see it again yesterday on streaming and yeah it really was a different experience because there were things that I saw in the cinema that were so impactful because I was in a dark room with a huge screen and the, as compared to seeing it like on your TV, for example, and then with like the distractions of like the dogs outside barking, or like something, or like a <laughs> or chair you have to pause it. Yeah, yeah, or like you need to go to the bathroom, like things like that. It became so different. Like there were aspects in the direction. Like I think there were plenty of Wanda scenes that like freaked me out when I wa- when I saw it in the cinema. That like now I see it in the cinema, like oh, it's yeah. actually like oh. It was like blah, blah. Why was I like? Why did I get sh- like? Why did I get shocked? Why did yeah. I almost fall off my seat when I heard this sound? Like, so there can there can and probably should be differences in producing for cinema versus producing for streaming because of these right. things that get picked up and stuff. Now, moving on to streaming platforms, I think for me the pro of this is the convenience because it's an anywhere, anytime type of thing. So Mookie, you go next. I. I um, associate streaming platforms usually with shows more than movies. So that's why yeah, that's true. I'm very thankful that um, streaming platforms were able to like um, continue to put out movies during the pandemic and mm-hmm. release movies that aren't theirs. Because I, would, I wouldn't know what I would be doing if it wasn't for like... Those. That was like during lockdown, there was nothing I would do but just like turn on the TV or just watch on my laptop and just consume all the content. Yeah, like that was our only sense of escapism for so long. <laughs> right. so, what about for you, Meg? For me, uh, I think the pros of having these streaming platforms, you can watch it at your own pace. For example, if the movie gets too heavy, you can pause it for a bit, think about it, and yeah. then you can continue. Or if you want to go to the washroom, it's not like in the cinemas na <laughs> you panic. There you can pause it, diba? And then I think it also gave the convenience of having subtitles for it. Para oh, okay. Sa mga, yeah. Okay, yes. That's, yeah, that's fair. That's there so are true. some things kasi in the cinema na we can't catch. And, mm-hmm. that's so, so it's true. really good fair. that there's that feature. Yes, fair and very valid. No. You know, I'm just going to take now to bring this up, but like, don't you want Disney Plus to be in the Philippines? Already? Oh, oh my God! <laughs> Definitely, <There's> so <laughs> many things I wanted to watch on Disney, or just not even watch, just revisit. Yeah. Like, so when they have so much movies available on that platform, we don't have it, and we need it. Want to like revisit 
those old shows like Mm -hmm. like, exactly like wizards of waverly place hannah montana sweet life on deck i just want to go back to that era (laughs) and watch it like with the knowledge i had like you know watch it with like Like where you are now in life yeah yeah exactly because like when those shows came out we were kids like we Mm -hmm. were all in grade school watching them as high schoolers now we're like finishing college we're past (laughs) high school so it would Mm -hmm. be nice to revisit these shows knowing the things we know now knowing that in high school you don't just randomly break into song and stand up on tables right (laughs) yeah yeah so it would be really really cool to see that and then like okay so i'm seeing here now that there are streaming platforms that plan on commercializing like adding ads to the tv shows (laughs) i think there was I think there was like an allegation that Netflix was planning on adding ads in between the movies or before mm-hmm. and after the movie. So I was thinking that isn't that defeating the purpose of yes, uh, yeah. subscription? Right. Yeah. 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 We're already paying for this and we're like watching it supposedly like in a real cinema. But we're printing ads. So it's kind of like a bad thing for me. It's a turn off for the yeah. platform side. Yeah. I can understand why. So, Muki, your thoughts? Because I think it becomes more of... It just becomes TV again. Because now yeah. you... Yeah. You become, you, That's what I was thinking. You have to watch the ads or you have to skip them like you do on YouTube. And I don't know. It Right. Meg's right. Because it does... Def- <laughs> excuse me. Kind of defeats the purpose of... Like, you watch... A, you, when you watch a show, one of the perks of having streaming service, a streaming platform is that when you watch something, you can continue watching it. So if a whole season is out, you can watch it 10 straight episodes on mm-hmm. your own time. And I think if you see ads in the middle of those episodes, you're going to be like, oh, okay, so it's time to stop now because now there's an ad and you won't be able to consume it right away. And I think that that also might be, that won't be beneficial for those streaming platforms because then like they might lose viewerships of some of the mm-hmm. shows. Or, especially because some of the prestige shows on streaming platforms like people really wait for the next seasons of those so i think mm-hmm. if you plan to put ads in in between those episodes i think it will become a big turn off yeah like bringing it back to what meg said the reason why people got subscriptions in the first place was because they wanted a more convenient viewing experience because like we live in a time where netflix and tv did go like they were both coexisting at the same mm-hmm. time. And what made people subscribe to Netflix as opposed to just being able to turn on their TV, sift through channels? It was the fact that things were much easier. You choose what to watch. You don't get interrupted when you you don't get interrupted right. when you watch. So like taking that into account, that was the mindset of a lot of subscribers when they subscribe to your service. The, it would really defeat the purpose. Right. So, right. well, these are just claims. So we have yet to see. You already pay for them, like subscription price, right? So mm-hmm. they're not free, unlike YouTube, where there are ads because it's a free, like mm-hmm. it's a yeah, free platform. That's how they make so, their money. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So the ads are there to help support. But then when you pay for, like, example, you pay for YouTube Premium, you don't get those ads anymore because you paid the subscription price. So mm-hmm. if there were like a Netflix free, just like how there's a free Spotify <laughs> and there are ads, yeah, I would understand. Like I'd get right. it. Because yeah. I have a question. Do you guys think? Because right, right now on Netflix, when you finish something, it automatically mm-hmm. like gives suggestions. Yes. To you. 
Yes. Do you guys even like press on those suggestions? Sometimes if it's casual. Hardly ever. Yeah, yeah right? hard, it, hardly ever because usually what you just watched made you so emotional you don't yeah, want to look exactly. at you don't want to look at anything new just yet. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like you just finished like a whole ep- or a whole season and then it's yeah. a suggestion. So it like, can get overwhelming. First, yeah, it, it does. Yeah. It really does get overwhelming. Yeah. No, like example, like me, I'm very sentimental when I watch things and like I get very attached to the characters especially like if it's a multi-season show. So then, when you watch the finale, you're still attached to those characters. Your head is still in that world. Yeah. And all of a sudden, you're going to show me yeah. a new world. It's like, wait, wait, wait. I'm not ready. Like, <laughs> but, you know, it has worked now. Oh, this looks interesting. It's just that I'm not ready. So, like, I right. think it wor- I think it works naman. Mm-hmm. But what about this, guys? Like, in terms of, like, having subscriptions. So, Netflix versus Disney Plus again. Netflix, well, with the exception of animes and K-dramas, releases everything in one go. And then mm-hmm. Disney Plus, like for the newer shows, yeah. they re- and like example, the Marvel and Star Wars shows, they release weekly. Yeah. So which is which one do you prefer? And like what difference do you think it makes? I think I honestly don't mind it being episodic released weekly yeah. because I it it builds up the part it's it part does. of the show, it right? It does, like, yeah. It's a cliffhanger. Unlike mm-hmm. on, on mm-hmm. Netflix, when you finish, for example, a limited series that's just one season, mm-hmm. then it's over, right? You yeah. know the seven yeah. episodes and then it's over. But then mm-hmm. if it's but those seven episodes can become seven weeks of people's time, just like mm-hmm. tuning into a show weekly. Yeah. And I don't know, it also depends then on the quality of the show. Because I think mm-hmm. if it's um released in one go, I think those are well, not all of them, but then um, there are some instances where those are like pretty light lang or like mm, super yeah, yeah. not that heavy. But then when mm-hmm. it's like episodic, you know, like each episode stakes are like really high because you won't see yeah. what happens. Yeah. The cliffhangers. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> so Meg, what about for you? For me, well, um, as a busy person, I appreciate better kung one go nila i-release. Kasi, mm. um, if I have the free time, dun ko lang siya i-binge lahat. But if it's episodic, <laughs> I can't commit because what yeah, if next week yeah. I'm gonna be busy? I'm gonna forget <laughs> about the whole show. Yeah. And I think gadoon ginawa ng Netflix is because kapag hindi lagi mga episodic, it's the engagements and interactions mm-hmm. of the viewers won't be yeah. scattered per week. But right. rather, it's gonna be one big one big for mm-hmm. one day. And I prefer if it's just everything there in one day. <laughs> like whenever a big Netflix show releases a season, it dominates like social media for a good month. Yeah, yeah. Because the first few weeks, people can't spoil it. So they're just talking mm-hmm. about like ser- scenes or yeah. uh, characters. <laughs> yeah. But then yeah. like the next few weeks, they're all just like, oh, why did the character do this? Or why did she die? Or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> that is- yeah. But, you know, com perspective, this was something we talked about in a class, actually, where, like, both approaches work, but they work for different audiences. Because, like, when you mm-hmm. release everything in one go, it's in, it's intense. Like, the feedback you get, the engagement, it's intense. Yeah. Because you release everything in one go, you will have high-intensity engagement for, like, mm-hmm. maybe a week or a week or a little more. But when you spread out the episodes in the long run you end up getting more engagement because you in a sense plotted right. your own timeline i think this was mentioned earlier also it also depends on the type of show because like 
I just finished Obi-Wan. Okay, I just mm, finished Obi-Wan. Yesterday. Yeah, and I think the episodic approach worked for it because it left you wanting more. Because, like, there was a story followed. There was an A to B to C to D that the series followed. Whereas there are shows like, like Friends, like Schitt's Creek, like Big Bang Theory, where it was a sitcom. Mm-hmm. And, like, though there was, like, a big, like, there was a big plot, each episode wasn't exactly like in chronological order. Mm-hmm. Like you were seeing days of their lives, but it wasn't yeah. like Obi-Wan where there's a goal established in the beginning that we need to get to in the end. So in that sense, I think episodic releases would work for shows like that, like the Marvel shows, right. yeah. the Star Wars shows. And then like for those sitcoms, the all-in-one approach could work because like these sitcoms, you like to watch them at your own pace. So that's so that's where it fits. But both ways are, as I said, com perspective. Hello, com department. <laughs> they're both very, they're both very effective. So, yeah, and I think I'll bring up anime also and K drama in this since they're those are the only weekly releases in Netflix, if I'm not yeah. mistaken. And at first, because like you know, we didn't have Disney Plus here. <laughs> at first, I was like, oh, good. The, the anticipation, the suspense. It does, like, it does. Right? Like, if you guys watch Attack on Titan, like, the suspense. Mm-hmm. You get to work. It yeah, works. it works. It works. And, yeah, and the fact that those episodes are so short, like, 20 minutes. <laughs> They're 20 minutes each. These unlike final, Obi-Wan. These final episodes. Yeah, man. unlike Obi-Wan, right? he's, like, 40 minutes to an mm. hour. Like, it's long. You're fed. But then, <laughs> the, like, there's like 20 minutes each, and then you have to wait the whole week. It's like, oh, the pain. <laughs> The <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So, anyway, let's take this a step further and let's talk about our favorite movies from streaming platforms first before we talk about our favorite movies in general. So, Mookie, you start with this. I see you have a long list. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, I was gonna just like, I really, I'm really into like, um, Oscar buzz. I'm kind mm, okay, I'm that okay. kind of like movie person. Like I'm really mm-hmm, into mm-hmm. the awards, you know. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like when Netflix started to do like more prestige movies, that's when I was like, that's when I also started to like really appreciate Netflix because oh okay they were really they started being a studio for these directors that wouldn't mm-hmm, get mm-hmm. a lot of money from like the big studios. But then now. They kind of did the opposite because they they're now making a lot of like more mainstream stuff. But then that's another that's another topic. So yeah, I guess some of my favorite movies are just movies from made by those directors. So like Marriage Story on Netflix, mm, it's a really okay. good movie. And I also like The Irishman, Martin Scorsese's. Um, oh, that was good. That, that was good. good. Really long though, but super. Yeah, I broke that. It had chapters. If that it makes did, it sense, did. like. Yeah. It had chapters, so there were parts where it made sense to like take a break and just mm-hmm. marinate on everything you just saw because it was a lot. Yeah, to take it was in. a lot, and I I think that's one of the reasons why Martin Scorsese did like allow Netflix to produce mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. It you're right. It was very like it was like a book, and each chapter was about like an hour long. So yeah, it really helped the story then because you would take time to pause because the era they lived in. Different mm-hmm. eras. Yes, they went yes. through different eras in that movie and it helped them being like that. And lastly is The Two Popes. It's a really lesser-known film. And it's just really more of a character study between like the two previous, the two popes we have yeah. now. Which Pope like, Benedict yeah, and Pope, Pope Francis. Benedict and Pope Francis, right. And it's just more of like a conversational movie. And 
I don't know, I'm not really much of a religious person, but that movie really made me like think. And I like movies that make me think. Honestly, of course, because, of course. Yeah, because I like it when the director or the writer like treats the audience like they're not dumb. Like they it, they don't hold your hand through yeah. each scene. Like it, they don't explain much. So if you don't get it, it really makes you think. And I like movies like that when it's when they're talking about controversial things or just things you actually see in the real world. And because it mm. makes it makes it feel like more of a real movie in a sense that you can apply this or you watch this for a reason and you can talk about it and apply what you heard or watched like in your life so yeah those are some of my favorites yeah and i agree you mentioned two things i was actually going to talk about because the irish one like i enjoy i enjoyed it and one reason why like it made so much buzz is because like wow Martin Scorsese made something that was straight to streaming. It's like Martin Scorsese giving Netflix his blessing. Because like, that was still the time where like, streaming platform movies were a bit discriminated because they're not silver screen movies. Yet, here's Martin Scorsese. He made this and it went straight to streaming. So, what does that tell the other movie makers also? (laughs) And Two Popes was also one of my favorite straight to streaming movies because like, I just, like, I enjoyed it. Like you said, the audience's hand wasn't held. And me, like, I, you know, Ateneo, I went to Catholic school before Ateneo yeah. also. So, like, I was very, so I was very in the now with, with what yeah, was going exactly. on. Yeah, exactly. Right? And the, yeah, exactly, right? And I really liked how the two popes, both of them, were humanized. Because, like, exactly. it was, apart from this movie, like, sometimes you just see them, like, doing their, you see them doing their job. You see them, like, preaching and like mm-hmm. you, like celebrating mass this shows you another side and though it wasn't 110% accurate and as admitted right. also by the movie yeah. makers it still got like the essence of both of the popes and like it still did give you something very real and i think it really helped bridge a lot of gaps between like lay people and the catholic church which mm-hmm. was very refreshing to see, especially at that time. So, Meg, your turn. For me, um, my favorite films, uh, they'd be... Streaming Gone... first. Straight to streaming oh. first. Yeah. <laughs> um, Gone Girl and mm. Us. And literally anything the thriller. I like um, films that make me think and question kung tama ba yung pagkakaintindi ko. Because some scenes <laughs> yeah. can be taken differently, di ba? Depende yeah. sa audience. So, whenever I watch something like that, I find someone else who had seen it. Tapos, yeah, ask ko sila, ano sa tingin mo nangyari with this? How did you interpret it? it? Mm. And then, basically, it's just a great convo starter. So, I like the thrill of watching thriller films. Now that we're here, I believe it's a great time to let our listeners in on a little secret. Are any of you out there interested in making podcasts of your own but can't seem to get the hang of recording, editing, and other technicalities? Well, there's no need to worry about that anymore. There's one application that podcasters or aspiring podcasters can use to make their dreams come true. Anchor. Simply download it for free on the Apple App Store, Google Play Store, or even from the website itself, www.anchor.fm. What are you waiting for? Time to avoid the complicated tools and publish your podcast on popular platforms today. Nice. You know, I'm the type. I can't survive a horror film. I can't survive a thriller. Like, 
I really yeah like <laughs> I get so scared even like it's a horror movie <laughs> when I was younger for some weird reason when I was younger like before high school I was so NR like I watched that Daniel Radcliffe horror film it came out so long ago but I don't remember the title but my friends are freaking out and I was just like hmm <laughs> I was just hmm and um baba duke that one oh, i was really baba duke yeah yeah I, that was it scares me now but back then <laughs> i was like mm, okay top hat what now <laughs> okay top hat what now but then now like the smallest thing just does a jump scare and i freak out like i really i really can't i will not survive like i i would not survive a horror film even mm. in this like even not being in the horror film, I'm in the cinema, I would still be the guy that trips first, you know? So, like, <laughs> I, I really, I really can't. I don't know if this counts, but Spider-Man No Way Home, because it came out on Disney Plus at the same time it came out in cinemas, mm-hmm. because the world wasn't as opened up yet. But for me, the reason why I think this deserves a mention is because earlier I talked about how some films are produced well for the big screen, but don't translate the same in the small screen. Right. I think Spider-Man did a very good job because it looked great on the small screen. I never got to see it on the big screen. Like, it was written so well. And then, I don't know, maybe it's because they were ready for an audience that was going to watch it both on the big screen and the small screen. So they prepared it that way that nothing was hard to see, even in the scenes that were dark, things were, like, easy to see. And, of course... Of course, the stars, like the three Spideys, like they did a they did a great job. And like, yeah, that was something I enjoyed. It was the closest to the end game experience <laughs> we could get, at, <laughs> yeah, we could get at that time, right? Yeah. Because yeah. my thoughts on that movie, because I also watched it just on we just watched it on the TV when mm-hmm. it kind of came out mm-hmm. on streaming. Yeah. And I was like, because I knew all, I knew what was gonna happen. I I just wanted, I just wanted to know like how were they gonna execute the arrival of the other two Spider-Man. Yeah, I was so like, nervous. The, the, yeah, right? Because yeah. the villains were like already in the trailer and all that. Yeah. So you know how they got there. But then like you were like, so where are they going to come in? When are they going to come in? And I kept yeah. asking that. Kept and how? And then, yeah, and then how, right? It's like, so... It's yeah. very ambitious. It's very ambitious. Because exactly. like what? You're just going to... They're just going to uh, come out of nowhere to like a portal <laughs> again, right? And, and But... That's exactly what happened, but in the best kind of way. Like you weren't expecting mm-hmm. that scene. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That that specific scene, you weren't expecting that. That's when they would come out because mm-hmm. it was just after such a such an emotional scene. <laughs> yes, that's so true. Yeah. Actually, that like that movie we talked about this in another episode. Whiplash because you're sad and then you're <laughs> then you're happy and then you're sad again and yeah. then you're happy. So it's like. <laughs> So am I crying or am I laughing? Are these tears of sadness or of laughter? How do I actually feel? It really makes you wonder how they're going to continue the franchise because I think they want to do another movie. And then, of course, there's the external factors like Disney versus Sony. So I still hope that we see them again. And, okay, moment of appreciation for Tom Holland's suit in front it's Toby really? Spider the back it's Andrew Spider I, I haven't watched it enough times to... okay when you see it when he's swinging you'll see that the front is Toby's the back is Andrew's and when I saw it I was like he did not <laughs> I was like <laughs> he, he did not <laughs> he, oh he really God. went That's he a... really went there so nah. alright yeah something something to look forward to and of course we can't talk about Spider-Man No Way Home without, without talking about the Pandasal <laughs> 
<laughs> that was thrown at Andrew Garfield. <laughs> <laughs> that scene was, you know, it was, I wouldn't say cheap in terms of like how they just put it in. But then mm-hmm. I appreciated it. The first time I saw it, I was like, because I knew uh, Jake, yeah. uh, Jacob Batalon was is Filipino. Yeah, yeah. But then I wasn't, I wasn't expecting Filipino to be I wasn't spoken in the movie. Either. So when yeah. it happened, I, I, I just laughed because it was really it was funny. funny. Yeah, because it was really a funny scene to begin mm-hmm. with. And then it was just funny. But yeah, when she threw that bread yeah. <laughs> to the pedestal. Yeah. And then she made Andrew Garfield like get on the ceiling to get <laughs> yeah get the spider the cobweb yeah. <laughs> no because like if you remove the Filipino aspect of the film of that scene in particular it would still be funny like let's right. say it was something yeah. else thrown like it was a shoe or a croissant <laughs> it would it would still be yeah. funny but then because like they added that Filipino element which we don't see a lot in right. in yeah. international films <laughs> it added to the charm it was. It was really funny, and the fact that the bread was pandesal. I don't know why. Like that added like a completely different layer for me. Like a fact. So random. Like, Garfield is great in that in the whole movie. When he, the moment he, he comes is. in, it's just mm-hmm. he's he's on fire. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Even Toby, like even Toby did a good job because like oh, I, yeah, yeah. Of course, but of course, given he's the OG. <laughs> yeah, Toby. I think during the end, especially during like those fight scenes. Oh yeah, yeah. He was kind of their anchor in a way. Because yeah. Yeah. Andrew Garfield, he acted like very emotional during mm-hmm. the scenes. But then I think Toby was like super like, you know. He was he was the most in the movie for me. Because he was like, this is the mission. We have to save these people. Yeah, like, you, yeah, yeah. The moral that's compass. True. That's true. Yeah, right? Because, yeah. That's and that why. makes sense. Because he's the first Spider-Man. Like, he's mm-hmm. the OG. Even yeah. in... Even in their world, he's the eldest. To us, he's the panganay. And that's really the vibe he gave off. Right. Like, I'm with my two little brothers. Yeah. I need to keep them on track. And then in the same breath, Andrew was also like the charming mid-kid. Like he was more <laughs> mature than Tom's yeah. Spider-Man. Like he was the kuya when he needed to be. But he was also the excitable one. Like, I love you guys. That was so, that was so funny. Yeah. And I think for his Spider-Man in particular, it was also a lot of redemption because we know how his oh, last movie definitely. went. Yeah. Right? We know how his He deserved better. Went. And that, yeah, this, this was the perfect chance and he made... Mm-hmm. He, it was a home run. This The role, yeah. uh, the way he played it. Because honestly, if you mm-hmm. re- revisit his Spider-Man movies, he, he plays the same character. Yeah, yeah. And I, that's what people don't realize. Because I'm... I'm like one of the few people who like the second Amazing Spider-Man mm-hmm. movie. Like, I don't think it's that bad. Like, there are, there are scenes that I just... Yes. yes. You can't watch. But then, mm-hmm. I like the aspect of him and Emma Stone. I like that yeah. aspect. I also like... They were my they, favorite pairing, right, actually. Yeah, because there's just a chemistry at, mm-hmm. There's just a chemistry to them that the other... Well, Zendaya and Tom Holland dated. And I think... Toby Maguire and Kristen Dunst also did. But then yeah, just something everyone about, dated. Yeah. <laughs> but then the the scenes between Andrew Garfield and Emma Stone, you could just really feel that yes, there was yeah. more than the acting. Yeah. And for me, not just not just that, like it's just completely external from the actors. But my favorite love story in general, like among the Spider-Men mm-hmm. and their love interest is Gwen Stacy and Peter. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know why, but for me, like their love story is the one that I don't know. It's the one that hits me the most, even if it's the most tragic. Yeah, it is the most. Tragic. <laughs> yeah, it's the most tragic. But whether on paper or on screen, it's the combination of Peter Parker and Gwen Stacy that 
really like make it really makes you feel something. And I guess a part of it is because Gwen Stacy, like with or without the mask, she's there for Peter. Which you see not which you see no man in MJ. It's just that MJ MJ and Peter. I'm talking about Zendaya's MJ. Like in the last movie, they hardly had a moment. Which you know. I wish they could have done more. I wish they could have done more with that. But then it's also yeah. a very ambitious movie because the three Spider-Men are yeah, there. So you kind of understand. Things going on. Yeah, yeah, there are a lot of things going on. But you know, if you wanted to Peter Jackson this and make a three-hour <laughs> version. I don't think anyone would have minded. Those mm-hmm. are re- those are two very important relationships to Tom Holland Spider-Man. And they shouldn't be neglected because of two new characters. But at the same time, I understand. But if Disney wanted to release an extended version and Extend, as right. I said, Peter Jackson it. They wanted to release, a, I don't know, many endings. Cut. Yeah, as many endings as you yeah, want. like go ahead, like we're here for it. We've got a yeah. lot of time, and I'm sure even the actors put it. Yeah, like, I'm sure they had lots of fun to. filming. Yeah, yeah, and that was also thanks to John Watts, the director, because director, of release yeah. a John Watts cut. Maybe he had more <laughs> planned. And yeah. like, if you saw the behind the scenes of the last Spider-Man movie, Zendaya said on her day, like on some of her days off, she would still go on set because she'd want right. to see. John work his magic and for mm. me like that's very telling like as a director na your actors on their day off want to see you do yeah. your job which they see you do on their work days mm. so that's also a testament to the environment he fosters on set and you see naman that the payoff is really really good so Meg do you have anything to add sorry we just like fangirled <laughs> sorry I don't really watch a lot yeah. of action films but just hearing you guys talk about it, it really sounds great. So I'm going to check them out later. Moving on to a different genre, which was kind of touched on earlier. Rom-coms. Like, for me, this is a landscape that has changed so much. Because, like, I think the earliest rom-coms I've seen are ones from the 80s. And then, like, I've seen in the 80s, 90s, 2000s. And yeah. then I'm still going to lump the post-2010s to 2020s together first. Because, mm-hmm. like, we've only been in the 2020s for a short time. But, like, I'd say that my favorite type of rom-com would be the ones that came out in the 90s. Like, Wedding yeah. Planner, Same. Only You, which has Robert Downey Jr. and Marisa Tomei. You. That is top That's a deep tier. cut. Yeah, that is top. Yeah, mm-hmm. you see how you see how deep into this you see how right. deep into this I am. Like <laughs> those those yeah. movies, and then the early two thousand ones. I also like like I I'm still going to put the proposal in this like in that era types <laughs> like Princess that Di- like things like Princess Diaries. I'll even put Ella Enchanted here, Confessions of a Shopaholic. Like, yeah. Oh, music and lyrics like that. Music and lyrics. Rom-com. That's one of my favorite rom com. Yeah, same like that. That is a rom-com and what made it even funnier was they really included the 80s like the 80s <laughs> yeah. part of like music and um being a rom-com so those i enjoyed so much but then i noticed that there was a significant change in rom-coms after 2010 and it's like it's not that they're bad movies it's just that it's different like how the story develops it became a lot faster if that makes sense like it became a lot faster and then like it relied a lot less on script and for me like it's a like this is a movie it should rely on the script so what are your thoughts on rom-coms meg first i think for the rom-coms that are being released na yung mga new ones lang i mm-hmm. like the progression pero 
what I dislike about it is sobrang nagiging complicated ng storyline. Like, you know na this is gonna happen and then suddenly it's not gonna yeah. happen because of yeah. some instances. <laughs> and then ayoko din yung parang ang vague ng magiging relationships to other characters. So, you don't know if they're gonna end up with this person yeah. or not. And then, magugula na tayo in the end, it's a twist na surprise, mm-hmm. they're not gonna end up together. So, it's just sad for me. I came here for the kilig, but yeah. then I end up crying. Yes. I came here for a good time. Yeah. Why am I sad? Diba? Why did she die? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, wait a minute. Oh my gosh, two weeks notice. I forgot. Special mention, two weeks notice. That is a very top-tier rom-com. Yeah. But like, yeah. But no, exactly. Like, parang now, to compensate for the speed, they'll add more factors and then you, as an audience member, you're like, wait a minute, what? What's going on? Like, you're like, yeah, wait a minute, exactly. what's, what's happening? Who's this new character? It's like, you know what? It's like, you know when you fight with someone, and the fight between the two of you, then all of a sudden, all these new characters come in, you're like, oh, where'd they come from? So it's like, yeah. what is, so it's like, what's happening? Not to say that they're bad movies, it's more of a preference thing, because there are mm-hmm. people who do like these added layers. It's just that, I guess, for yeah. us, we like the, feel like we like the feel good you know who you're you know who you're watching mm-hmm. right you know who you're watching and you know where even if you know where it's going how they get there is always different so exactly. you like it like okay me i'm the i love hallmark movies also like i know what people say but i i eat it up especially the christmas ones like <laughs> yes i know exactly what you're doing but give me more because i just like the feeling it gives now it's happy it's not complicated it's fun because cinema doesn't always need to be complicated it doesn't always need to make you think too hard there are movies that should be made also for you to relax and to unwind and i think these rom-coms are really the perfect place to do it and you know recently i noticed that they're starting to get the old like the og yeah yeah they're starting to get the og rom-com actors like j-lo had something with owen wilson and then Sandra Bullock recently had something with Channing Tatum. So it's like you kind of see it, you kind of see the old vibe coming back. Yeah. And I hope it, I really hope it does. So A lot of the things, like one of the main reasons I really like rom-coms, especially the old ones, is because mm-hmm. right, the story is kind of shallow, you know how it mm-hmm. goes. But then the most important thing for me, at least, when it comes to rom-com, is the chemistry between the two. The yeah. Three. Yeah. Like the two people supposedly to fall mm-hmm. in love. Because I, I think that's what happens now, especially during like especially during the more recent um rom-coms released. Like they put so much in the story just to distract you that these the two lead characters might not have like the right chemistry with each other. Yeah. So they need scenes not far away from each other, but then like the the build-up. To mm-hmm, mm-hmm. how they fall in love is longer because yes, they yes. really need to build that chemistry. But then, like, let's take uh, Notting Hill, for example. Notting Hill, mm-hmm. the moment um, Julia Roberts just walks into Hugh Grant's bookshop and then spills... Those are such gri- fixtures yeah. for rom-com. Julia Roberts <laughs> and Hugh Grant is like, yeah. powerhouse. <laughs> yeah. But then the moment they meet each other, like, the moment they just lock eyes, you know, like, okay, they have chemistry this is going somewhere mm-hmm. and you're hooked. You're hooked. You're hooked not just because of what might happen, but because of the two the, the two actors who just yeah. gravitate toward toward each other in the movie. Yeah, it's the performances that really 
make it work. Because like, okay, look, Hugh Grant, Julia Roberts, Sandra Bullock, like, mm-hmm. what makes them them? It's their presence. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right? It's their presence. It's how they deliver their lines. It's the comedy, the charm that they all have. Right? That's like a big, that's a big part of it. And that also helps with their chemistry. Because I feel like Hugh Grant, for example, you can pair him up with literally anyone <laughs> and they'll have chemistry. Yeah. You know what they're doing. Yeah. And they go beyond their source material to really give you a show. They'll really give right. you a rom-com. Because like, I think now what can also happen sometimes is like with everything that happens in a rom-com, you lose the story already because there's so many things a writer could want to happen. Nah, you lose the original story, exactly. which is supposed to be the essence of yeah. the rom-com. But wow, we're getting really deep with <laughs> rom-coms. So anyway, I actually, this is, this is really funny, but did you both see Rebel Wilson's movie? Not the recent one, senior year. The one that came out in like, I think, 20 to 2019 with um with her co-star from Pitch Perfect and then the one, and, yeah, Liam Hemsworth, I, and Liam Hemsworth and Priyanka Chopra isn't it romantic I have I have I I watched it when it came out I vaguely remember it though What I liked about that movie cuz I know what people how people felt about that movie but what I liked about it was even if it did it as a joke it brought back all of the yeah. rom-com elements Yeah that, no yeah we met that we've mentioned doing it on purpose so like yeah, knew, yeah, you, yeah. They, they knew what they were doing yeah and it and it ended up being good so all right so now from the past let's move on to the future there are a lot of movies that we are looking forward to so maybe meg you want to start with a movie you want to look at you're looking Can forward I start to? with number two <laughs> yeah yeah go ahead go ahead so we all heard that Jordan Peele is gonna, Jordan Peele is gonna produce Nope, a new thriller horror movie. What I like about how Jordan Peele directs a movie, yung pagkaka mysterious niya, pagka vague niya, you're really gonna be hooked in the middle of the film, like kunwari, mm. sa Us or kaya sa Get Out. It's really interesting because it's new, it's a fresh, yes. it's something fresh sa thriller world. Because hindi lang siya puro jump scare, hindi lang siya nagre-rely sa. So I can watch it. Yeah. I can watch it. No What's great about his films is ayun nga, you're gonna be, you're gonna do a lot of questioning as well. Because it's not gonna give you everything at once. You saw us, it had to be debunked pa by some period. This is crazy. And, this yeah, is wild. And daming images and a lot of messages <laughs> na kailangan mo i-decode by yourself. So, yeah. I'm thinking na kahit yung nope, the central story is about something predatory na hindi human. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. what's gonna make it interesting is hindi siya magiging tulad ng other movies that uses that kind of element for horror. Yun. I'm also really excited for this movie because... Like, I'm a big Jordan Peele fan. I watched Get Out. I don't think it released in the cinemas here. If it did, it, was, it wasn't really known yet. I watched it, I think, on my laptop. And then I thought it was good. I, I thought, I knew it was going to be a thriller, but I didn't know what was going to happen and everything. And there's a reason why he won original screenplay, the Oscar for mm-hmm. original screenplay, because no one would have guessed that the movie was going to pan out that way. Diva. <laughs> I'll take it your word for so, it. <laughs> it was just so original how he built a world where, you know, it 
every everything seemed normal and then all of a sudden it just surprise <laughs> over your head and you're you're stuck in a, you're stuck in hell basically with this with the main character and you're like oh my god what, will I be able to handle it? Yeah, I you feel will. like you're gonna yeah. handle okay. that. Get Out. Get Out more than Us. Us is a lot. Us is very... Okay, okay. So, yeah. I'll watch Get Out. Get Out is... Okay. Really yeah, I'll super, watch Get Out. Okay, yeah. okay. So, thank you. I will I will try. Because like I always hear good things about Jordan Peele. Na I'm so curious, but then I'm so scared. Because <laughs> like, thriller. Like, I don't... Easy watch. Watch, with, okay. like, watch okay. in the morning. You can watch Get Out in the morning. <laughs> Okay, watch really, it in the morning. Okay, noted, yeah. noted. This is not right. like supernatural. It's really just something like psychological and super mm, unorthodox okay. as well. Like the things okay. happening in that movie, you won't, you really won't, you know, especially from a guy whose background is comedy. Because Jordan Peele yeah. is also one of the funniest people. Yeah, that's like what. With Keegan Michael. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like that's what I was surprised about when he started like making films because I know yeah. him from Key and Peele, and he's a yeah. comedian, and all of a sudden he's doing like that's these why. like thrillers and i know that his thrillers are all like also have a lot of substance because he always finds a way to inject like very relevant and yeah. timely issues yeah. that need a wider audience and i thought that, that was something he does so well even without watching the films because i know that his films always start conversations and imagine like me someone who hasn't seen any of his movies i know what ha- like i know the discourse that he tried like the discourse that he ended the things that he brought attention yeah. to imagine that impact <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so anything else? Anything else you you both are looking forward to? Um, I'm also looking forward to lots of dramas coming out. Mm-hmm. And like, I watched Top Gun recently. Top Gun Maverick. I haven't gotten to see it. It's it's an experience. You have to watch it in the, the movie house with people because the first I watched it. Is it still it, up? I don't think it's I, still up anymore. <laughs> I don't think it's gonna be up in a few yeah. more few weeks because mm-hmm. like the blockbusters are starting mm-hmm. to come in. But like. I watched it and I was around like the people who watched the first one in the cinemas were also the same mm-hmm. people who watched it when I when I watched it with my family and after the movie I swear I tell you not, they were like clapping they stood up and they clapped oh, they were wow. so amazed because <laughs> it yeah. really is it wow it's one of the best like movie going experiences I've had mm-hmm. and then not just like since the pandemic but then like overall because it the the action they and mm-hmm. the time they spent making that movie. Tom Cruise didn't release it on streamers specifically for the point that you have to see it in the movie house. And like the reason is in the film because it's amazing. Super amazing. But if I'm looking forward to a movie, I guess um, there's a... I think there's a Black Panther movie coming out this year. And I'm like just super curious about that one because I know Ryan yeah. Coogler is still directing it and Ryan Coogler's talent as a filmmaker is I think he's one of the best directors mm, he's, he's in, great. Yeah, in the game yeah. we're all going to miss Chadwick in this movie but right. they still insisted on making, making this movie one. exactly so, I don't think they'll, digi- they'll digitally recreate Chadwick because I saw them mention something about respect that they don't mm. want to like they don't want to touch his image so if ever they'll be using like stock footage right they won't like, be like cut yeah, yeah like scenes, stock yeah. footage, cutscenes, unused footage, like things right. like things like that. And I think that's all that's something that's really good. Like I'd like And that's the yeah, that's the right yeah. that's the right way yeah. to bring this movie. Yeah, especially because everything that happened with Chadwick, like it still feels so fresh. So 
that's really the right that's really the right thing to do they really chose to respect him but the que- that brings a question who's going to take up the mantle right. who's of, the main yeah who's the main like, character right like who can it be because like some people say that it will be Shuri but I know that one reason why it took this movie a while yeah. to get into action is because of the things that happened like external to the movie like the pandemic yeah, right. happened and then like they had filming problems because of vaccination vaccination right. right so then because of that like she couldn't be on set as often as she was mm-hmm. needed to be on set so it's like what, so it's like what are they that's going right. It's very, right it's more, much right. more it's yeah being on Radio Katipunan reminds me of this one amazing app that allows people to make their own podcasts like a breeze. There's no need for complicated recording or editing software and other tricky technicalities when you have Anchor, an app where you can create and even publish your own podcasts. So download Anchor for free in the Apple App Store, Google Play Store, or even from the website itself, www.anchor.fm, to experience a hassle-free podcast-making experience. I'm more curious to watch it than I am excited because yeah, because you have a great filmmaker, so mm-hmm. you're just like okay, so let's see what he does. I have faith yeah. in him. Let's see what let's see what he does with because uh, so, yeah. the, the first Black Panther was like super successful. Imagine the first Black Panther brought superhero movies to the Oscars, right? And at like past yeah. SFX, right? So yeah. like it did a it did a lot, but you're right. Like I'm so curious to see what they do because right now I don't know what to expect at all because they really haven't released anything like no set photos no, no yep. hints no yep. nothing so yeah. you're really going to go in there and not know what's going to happen and I think that's what will make the movie watching experience because honestly right now for who can take up the mantle it's anyone's game like it can it can be anyone like for real it can be Okoye it can be Shuri yeah. it could be Mbaku it could even you know, I wouldn't even be surprised if all of a sudden they say that um, Killmonger's not dead. Like, right. Right? I wouldn't be mad. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't be mad. And there's a way to make that work if yep. you think about it. Because yeah. though we saw like the end of the fight in the first Black Panther movie, we don't see a funeral. We don't see a body. Mm-hmm. So it could work. Like, it could yeah. work. It could happen. And yeah, but sooner than that... Thor Love and Thunder. I am just so excited for this. Like I am so hyped up for this cuz like I love I love Thor. I'm so excited to see Natalie Portman back. Back, yeah. I really like how Taika Waititi has directed his Thor films. I think it's so like it works so well for Yeah. Thor's character because I think okay I personally also like what Kenneth Branagh did with Thor. It was a different mm-hmm. approach. It's just that, like, you know, Kenneth Branagh, he approached it like a traditional superhero movie. Like, this is a type of superhero movie you would have seen from, like, Batman, from Superman, like, from yeah, the older Wonder Woman Yeah, it's a, su- it's a Superman movie, movie the, first, yeah. the first Storm movie. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. a Superman movie, right? So, like, I'm not, I don't hate that. Like, mm-hmm. people, like, a lot of people didn't receive that well. But I personally thought it was fitting for a character like Thor. But yeah. in terms of tone, I think what happened like Ragnarok and like what's happening with Thor Love and Thunder I think it works so well with Thor because he's not from here like he's not from right. Earth he goes through space these are and space then, adventures yeah. yeah he goes on these like lively upbeat <laughs> adventures and colorful to, right colorful and to frame his adventures with 
an 80s song. It's just so <laughs> it's just so fitting and it adds to like the overall aesthetic of the movie. Like you can even remove the fact that it's a superhero movie. You can remove the fact that it's Marvel, but it becomes so aesthetically and storytelling pleasing because of like because of that framing. Like I don't know, I just thought it was so creative and it really set Thor apart from the other Avengers cuz like the other Avengers like we have Captain America who's like the action Right, he's like the yeah. action star with 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 Winter Soldier, like that. Then you have Iron Man, who's the smart one, like the the Batman. And then you have like the group. You have the groups like Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm-hmm. Thor was the one that I think needed a more solid identity, and right. Ragnarok gave that to him. So I'm excited to see how it will all play out in the fourth movie. I yeah. hope he doesn't die. A I doubt it. Of, a conclusion of an arc should not always it. mean yeah. death. I. I don't know what I would do if I like think they learned their lesson because <laughs> yeah. I think when they killed off um and during after Endgame when they killed off yeah. Tony and Steve I think a lot of people were like okay this is the end of <laughs> yeah um, my like super Childhood. obsession with Marvel yeah because yeah, yeah. now a lot of people they don't follow the series that much mm-hmm. they don't right and I think Taika because Taika is such a playful director mm-hmm. like. I'm also a fan of his uh, other movies. Jojo so, Rabbit. Jojo Rabbit. Fun for the Wilder People. Um, boy, all like all his previous movies. They're just so playful mm-hmm. in terms of, like how he writes them and yeah. how he uses comedy. Because yeah, he, he has an he identity. Has comedy. Yeah, the way he right. uses comedy. It's just like it's about timing. It's also mm-hmm. about like how you say it. And yeah. Chris Hemsworth is such a good comedic comedian. Yeah. <laughs> so when you yeah, watch super. him in Ragnarok. Your guard is completely down. Mm-hmm. And when he just like when he goes through that portal thing, he starts screaming. You're like, oh wait, this is not the story I know. Yeah, it's such a 180 <laughs> from the dark world. Dark. The Avengers yeah. movies that gave Yeah, yeah. Super serious in Age of Ultron, mm-hmm. creating vision, super serious in the first Avengers. So you're like, you're like the moment you see him in, I know he's like talking to he's talking to a demon, mm-hmm. I think. I know he's talking to a dead person. Yeah, yeah. To start off Ragnarok. You know that kind of showed me like my gosh, Chris Hemsworth would be a great leading man for a rom com. Rom com. Right. There are lots of like, there are, I love yeah. those revelations. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Because like I think before that we were so used to seeing Chris Hemsworth as a more serious, broody yeah. type of leading man. But they showed you like, oh, I can do comedy and look, I'm so good at it. So I'd like to see him in like a two weeks notice esque rom com. I think I love realizations like that when you watch something and then you're like, now I want to see him in the rom com. Like I yeah. finished the, the the latest Stranger Things uh season I watched. And I was like, you know what? Millie Bobby Brown, like, she would be good in a rom-com. Because she's that, she's a good actress right now. Like, I haven't seen Stranger Things yet, so... Right, but then... <laughs> yeah, so careful. Like, if you, like, even in her role as in... If you guys watched Enola Holmes... Yeah, I saw on the Netflix, first one. Yeah, you, like, you could totally see her in, like, a rom-com. Because, like, she's just so charming. And I think par- charm is part of... If you're a lead in a rom-com, you need charm because you need to hook yeah. the audience. Yeah, like, you that's what... Feel, you have yeah. to make your, the, the audience like your friends. Yeah, that's what I said earlier because like the impact of a rom-com script would mean nothing if you didn't like the leads because mm-hmm. like you wouldn't care. Like, okay, why would I care if yeah, so you kissed someone and now all of your good luck is gone <laughs> yeah. a la yeah. just my luck, right? <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's really part of it. But okay, so to wrap up Thor, Jane Foster's character 
everyone is waiting for her because mm-hmm. it's going to be like that's going to be a very big comeback especially knowing like the history of the character mm-hmm. and personally like to see like the mighty thor female thor as other people call her i really want like i'm so excited to see what they do but I've been seeing a lot of discourse and division over whether she will be comic accurate or not. And I'm not going to give any spoilers, but that's something that will really define her character in the movie if they make her comic accurate. So what I feel like they're going to do is she will be comic accurate, but they're only going to reveal it later on so that they can keep her character on a little bit longer. Yeah. Plus, you know, like I think the banter is important for her to like reacclimate herself and especially mm-hmm. as Taika's, Taika's version of Thor. Because, like, she was already kind of funny as Jane in the first two movies. Like, because she was... Because Thor was a fish out of water. So, like, you needed her to be, like... Yeah. His guardian angel or something. Like, you, you needed, needed her, to, her to be his real-world yeah, anchor. Exactly. Yeah. So, like, right now, I think... It probably won't be the same. But then, you need to get her in the form of humor that... Chris Hemsworth now is accustomed to, and even Chris Pratt and the Guardians yeah, people yeah. are accustomed to. So, yeah, there were. I think the premiere was today, and there were actually reviews. I read oh, some a while ago. Yeah, like okay, I guess I we're staying off Twitter. Reviews. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to say it, but then, yeah, I'm really excited. I think it's coming out next week here, right? It's coming and, on the eighth, if I'm not mistaken, July two weeks from now. Eight. So two we should. So we shall see. Cause yeah. oh, I'm so I am so excited for that. Thor, like, Thor I, Ragnarok, really. Yeah. Just yeah, Thor Ragnarok was like movie. Chef's Kiss. That was Chef. that was a movie. Yeah, like, you know, be like that was a movie. That was a film. That was, that, that that slate yeah. of Marvel films. It was Homecoming, Ragnarok, and then I think it was Black Panther, and then yeah, Infinity yeah, War. they like, were those four. They were really on a roll. Like they knew <laughs> no what they were miss. doing. No yeah. misses. Four straight movies. It was the leading up to Infinity War. Infinity War. Everything right. was good. Like if this were a playlist, it had no skips. Like it was just yes, yes, yeah. you go, Marvel. <laughs> no, I'm also really excited to see the Marvels. I think that's still coming out next year. But mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, one of my favorite Korean actors, Park Seo Joon, is going to be in it. So I want to see him there because like <laughs> I've only seen him in K drama. So. I want to see him as a Marvel character. That's going to be like two worlds meeting <laughs> for me. The oh, because K drama, like you know, okay, I'll insert K dramas have like that rom com flair that right. I look for, and yeah. he was very good in it. So it's gonna be a crossover that I'm excited to see. So, well, yes, that has been a very lively and fun movie discussion. So I guess like before we wrap up. Let's give the audience some honorable mentions, things you weren't able to say earlier, like maybe movies that you wish were brought up that you think people should watch even if we didn't get to talk about it. Or a movie we talked about earlier that really deserves so much more attention, you just got to push it back to the front one more time. So for this, we'll start with Meg. I think a movie that I want to give a shout out to is I Care A Lot. It's, Mm -hmm. I'm not sure if it's thriller, but it's, there's crime involved, yeah. Oh. Psychological crime and everything. It's okay. really great. And the plot is really shocking because it's something new and it's something fresh. Tapos, I expect the ending. But I do love the concept that they gave the main character this much power, this much mm-hmm. confidence. So that's what I love about it. And then, basta, all, the, all of the plots, it's great. 
Ang ganda ng twists right. and turns. You should you should watch it. Okay. I'll all right. I'll get in the headspace for it. I'm still a bit scared of thrillers, but yes, I will. I will. I promise. I will. I will get to it eventually. So, Mookie, your turn. Um, I'm gonna shout out another Netflix movie like Meg. I'm gonna shout out Hustle, the newest movie by Adam Sandler. Oh, okay. It. It's a basketball movie, so it's really up my alley. And I wasn't expecting it to be as good as it is because a lot of the discourse about it is like. When Adam Sandler tries to be good and he's not just goofing around, the mm-hmm. films are the, the the movie he makes is super quality and it's it that's the that's the that's what happens with Hustle because he plays a basketball scout and he's supposed to, it's very cliche like a sport it's it's a sports movie don't get me wrong but then like you you know how much he prepared and how much it mean the story means to him by the way he acts because it's not like ah, Billy Madison okay. or Zohan Adam Sandler, where it's just goofing around. But then it's really like there are drama scenes and the dramatic scenes. Adam Sandler is super underrated when it comes to drama scenes because the way he, instead of like super shouting when he does comedic wise, um, when he just becomes super like subtle and super quiet and super like rest arrested that's when you like he's a really good actor so i just want to give shout out to the sandman adam sandler one thing i would have wanted to talk about earlier is jurassic world the new movie is still Ooh. in cinemas as of recording yeah. and i think like i really enjoyed it because as i said i'm a sentimental person and what my family and i did was before we watched jurassic world the newest one in cinemas we marathoned all of the Jurassic Park movies and then the Jurassic World movies. And because of that, it made the viewing experience of Dominion so much better because like all of the references, you pick it up because everything was like, everything was so fresh and it was so nice to see the original three, the OG three coming back. Like I'm a, I'm a sucker for those types of things. Like even in stars, you bring back the original (laughs) three. I'm like, I'm going to be consuming this content for like a while. And it was really like, I enjoyed seeing their dynamic again. And like Jeff Goldblum, of course, is always funny. He He's yeah, the moment. Yeah. It will be better appreciated if you watch the movies leading up to it before watching it. Because on its own, it could get a bit confusing, especially with the mm-hmm. old characters coming back. But like with the old characters coming back, like it's... It's fun. And a lot of them even get to do things that they were never able to do in the first trilogy. So it was very it was very satisfying, like as a Jurassic Park fan. It was it was nice. And of course, like you know, Spielberg, though he wasn't the director, he was still I think he's still in the team, the producing team. So mm-hmm. he has a say in things. It made me actually a little more excited for Indiana Jones. <laughs> I think Indiana yeah. Jones, whenever it comes out, I think coming out next year, I'm also excited because Everything about everything, everyone attached to that movie. I don't see how they can get it wrong this time. So yeah, yeah, like it's a it's a good cast. Harrison Ford is another actor who is the moment. Like oh, right. I'm, he yeah. What more can you ask for in a movie? And then Indiana Jones, like one of his most beloved characters, and something yeah. like I grew up watching. Like right, I'm really yeah. ex- I'm really excited to see what they do and I think they have multiple Indiana Jones movies on the slate so mm-hmm. st- good stuff good stuff to look forward to and I guess like it's also very sentimental because like these are all like 
Steven Spielberg's like this was his earlier era of movies yep. and seeing yeah. them coming back, coming back and he yeah. still has a say in them it's like it's very nice to see that he still does have some say in what's going on so there right. also if you want something light go watch a K-drama it'll give you the same feeling as <laughs> rom-coms our beloved summer I think deserves more attention so 2521 oh my gosh very good I, like I cried it. true 2521 <laughs> since you brought up 2521 let's also bring up startup oh. <laughs> let's also bring up startup and okay. from there let's go straight to hometown cha 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 very light right like but because it was Lehman Ho's birthday yesterday let's also bring up legend of the blue sea <laughs> and of course crash landing on you <laughs> Oh, I like that. Oh, yeah, yeah, I love that. If you haven't seen our okay drama yet, you start with crash landing on you, and then and then you watch another K drama. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you have to see that first. Like I'm not even joking. That has to be the first thing you see, and then yeah, what else? Oh, and then Huarang. Since I brought up PSJ earlier, Huarang, BTSV is in it. So let's go. Yes, I've seen only one K drama. I super long time ago. I. It, it's Park So June and then another one. Oh. Park So June is uh Is this Secretary Kim? No, I think he's like uh car he plays a sport. I forget what sport. Oh, I haven't seen this. It's like super it's not old. I think it was like released 27. Fight for my way. There, that's the name. I Fight like Park So way. June, so I yeah. will be so I will be not looking I really like Park So June is really, really good in rom coms. Like he's just so Yeah. He's so quirky. Yeah. You know, <laughs> no, he has he carries it well. Like yeah. in what's wrong with Secretary Kim, he carried the rom com leading man very yeah. well. Like so, he's awkward when he needs to be awkward, but then he's like super sentimental when it's like the more romantic scenes. I like I like that about him. Yeah. Plus, he has the face. Oh, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> <laughs> oh wait, did you guys see Soundtrack One? It's a Disney Plus original K drama. It's the co-star of. PSJ in Huarang. Park Yung-sik, I think. He's the mm. leading man there. And then, like, you know, bec- those two, those two actors, they're so good at portraying the subtle attraction. Captain Rhee, of course, also Hyun Bin. Like, you could tell how they're feeling just by looking at their eyes or just, like, a slight curve in their lips. And I applaud them for that. It's <laughs> yeah. Great. So, anyway, we could go on for another hour. But, <laughs> another episode. Yeah, another we can go on for another hour, but... We've got to wrap this up. So before I thank you guys and we say goodbye properly, allow me to thank everyone in the audience first. So this has been New Wave. So thank you to James and Sir Justin for handling this broadcast. Thank you once again to our audience for joining us today. We look forward to seeing you guys next week. We will be live maybe next week. (laughs) As I said, July. It's already July. We're more than halfway through the year. And so don't miss out. Follow us on Instagram at newwave.rk to stay updated. Follow us also on our Facebook page. It's New Wave, though you can type the Instagram handle to make sure that you really get there. You can also catch the replay of this episode and many more on Radio Katipunan, 87.9 FM's Facebook page, YouTube, and Twitter Live, all of which go by at Radio Katipunan. Now, don't forget that you can also listen to this as a podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Anchor under the name New Wave. But most of all, thank you, Meg and Mookie, for joining us today. It was fun. You earned your intern hour. You earned your intern hour, so good job. We'll see you next round. So Thank you. Anything? The floor is yours, both of you. Anything you'd like to say, anything you want to yell into the void, go ahead. Meg first. 
directors, if you're watching this, more Rivals to Lovers dynamic, please. <laughs> That's all. Thank you. I agree. I agree. No, I can't compete with that. Thanks for having us, Max. Really, this was fun. It was fun. It was fun. So, I'm sure we'll see you guys again. And maybe we can talk about our favorite Rivals to Lovers movies. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> maybe even our friends to lovers or our friend and rival who will be the lover. Let's go. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Let's go. So, once again, I'm Max. And when it comes to what's happening, I'll serve you the facts. And this has been New Wave. I'll see you guys next week. Bye.